All right. Thank you for entering into that time of worship with us. And we're going into the fourth and final message uh, this morning on preparing for your future. We're going to talk about that. And while we're getting ready to do that, I want to just take a moment and just mention this uh, to you to give you a little bit of perspective before I get into the message. Because if I don't do it now, I'll forget to do it at the end. And I don't actually uh, want to do that. Hey, uh, as you can tell, we've been hearing, we've been here, believe it or not, 11 years now. And the whole time, the theater itself has been extremely dark. And so we had investigated ways to lighten it up a little bit in here, but uh, to be quite honest with you, to really lighten it up in here the way we wanted to, it was cost prohibitive. It was an uh, an, an, a high, high amount of money, and it would be permanent fixtures, and that didn't just seem to be economically wise, but we knew that we needed to lighten it up. And so we had to go to another alternative, which is bring more lights in, gives us more options. But just like anything, you got to figure out. you got to get it sorted out, and it's new to us. Some of the lighting, uh, you know, a good portion of it, to light it up is, uh, you know, new to us. So here's all I'm asking you to do. Give us some opportunity to be patient, to get it set the way that we really want to get it set, and it's going to be most beneficial. So you may have been like in a place where something hits you and it's a little bit uncomfortable, and we got a great, in fact, we've got, I think, one of the finest tech teams you will find in any church across America, and they work harder than anybody I know. So we had guys in here at 6.30 this morning rolling in, 7 o'clock this morning getting every, everything ready. So all I'm asking, just, hey, breathe easy and be patient with us. Now, how many of you, you have had at some point in your life, you've had kids, all right? Could I just, have you ever had to demonstrate patience with your kids, all right? They didn't just, all right, and that's all I'm asking. Uh, cut us a little slack. Give us a little bit of patience, and we'll get some things. You know, we'll make observations over the next few weeks and be able to get it exactly the way it's going to be. How many of you will do that? Will you do that? Will you help us out and just be patient? Our guys are going to do a good job. I know that they will. Hey, I want to get into this message with you this morning. In the very first message, I shared with you this amazing verse and promise from God, and I want you to listen to it again. It's not on the screen. I want to just read it to you. It's a great verse. Some of you may want to adopt it as your life verse. Here it is. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. How many of you are glad that God's got a plan for your life? Are you glad? All right? Three of you are. So that's good. Three of you are glad. All right? God's got a plan for your life. And how many of you are glad that it's a good plan? It's a good plan that God wants to give to you a future and a hope. Now, as we've mentioned several times during this series, God is definitely going to fulfill his responsibility. He will. God will fulfill his responsibility, but we have to take responsibility to complete our assignment. You remember this. I've been talking about it very intentionally. And we go back to Old Testament Israel, and God says, you know what I've got for you? I've got for you a tremendous land of promise. This is my plan. This is my promise for your life. I've got the land of Canaan. It is most certainly a land that flows with milk and honey. But here's the thing. You're going to have to possess the land. And now God looks at us, and we're years later, and we're not, we're not Old Testament Israel, and we're not going to move to Canaan. That is not what God is saying to us. But what God is saying is, I've got a plan for you that you may have a future and that you may have a hope, and here it is, but you're going to have to possess the life. So God's going to do the part that God's going to do, but we've got to take possession of it. Now, 
In this final talk in this series, I want to direct our thinking to one more area, one final area, and then we're going to be in the special Father's Day message and services next weekend. But one more area that plays a remarkable role in determining our future, and that is this intense battle for your mind and for my mind. I I don't know if you know this or not, but every day of your life, in my life, 24 hours a day, there is an invisible war going on for your mind. How many of you believe that? There is a war that is going on for our mind every single day. Now, I want you to look at some of these verses up on the screen. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and look here beginning at verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Look at this next part now. Everybody look at this. And we take captive every what? Every thought. Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, every day, again, every day, 24 hours a day, there's an invisible war going on for your mind and for my mind. Now, why is that battle so incredibly fierce? And I'll tell you why. Because whatever gets your mind gets you. Whatever gets your mind gets you. Good or evil, God or the devil, whatever gets your mind gets you. I want you to be sure you catch this now. Think about it as I share it with with you. How we think determines the way that we feel and the way that we feel would determine the way that we act or what we do. Let me, let me say that again because that is so important, and we don't think about our thinking in this regard too much. But however we think will determine the way we feel, and the way that we feel will determine how we act or the, or the things that we do. And so our mind is incredibly important, and this is how it plays out. Whatever gets the majority of our thinking will decide the future direction of our life. So let me, let me put it this way, because I want it to be clear to all of us. How you're thinking now is going to determine your tomorrow and your next week. How many of you know that? Amen. How many of you realize that how you're thinking, your, your, your methodology of thinking already has you on a path? And if you're on the right path, you need to stay with that thinking. If you happen to be on the wrong path, you just feel like, hey, you know, there's something wrong with the direction or the path that I'm on or the trajectory of my life, and I need to do something about it, but I don't know what to do about it. What do I do about it? And you know what, friends? Nine times out of ten, it's a matter of changing the way we're thinking. And the Bible has a lot to say about the mind, a lot to say about our thinking, our thoughts. And I want to take just a few moments before we're done with this series to share with you three things in regards to our mind and what do we need to do. Let me give you the first one. Be sure you get it. The first one, you know it. You know it. But it's just a reminder. But it is a necessary reminder. And that is you and I, number one, need to protect our mind. We need to protect it. Now, uh, this is so important. Uh, And again, you know it. You're familiar with it. And I'm simply reminding most of you of something that you already know to do but we've got to protect our mind. Now, now, what does that translate into? That means, for the most part, that we've got to cut off the flow of garbage into our life. We've got to cut it off. And that is not easy to do because how many of you know garbage is more accessible than it's ever been before? It is. 
I mean, in every direction that you, you and I can think. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, like this old fashioned, although if I'm being in old fashioned in this regard, so be it. But I want to just say that there's so much that is more prevailing. And for example, uh, how many of you just know that as followers of Jesus, there's probably, probably quite a few movies we shouldn't sit down and allow that garbage to get into our life. How many of you know that? And, you know, movies and uh, some of the music, uh, you know, and again, I'm not trying to, uh, but I'm just saying, I've, I've, uh, I've been in places and I, I, I've heard what I thought I heard and, and like a song. And I'm like, I, I don't think I heard that right. And, and then it's repeated in the song. And I'm like, oh, I did hear that right. And, you know, that's not good. And, you know, it's more accessible, uh, not just movies, TV and, and uh, Internet. And there's so much out there that if you and I are not protecting our mind, it's just going to put some garbage into our life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's, it's out there. It's prevailing. It is everywhere. Now, now, here's the problem that happens if you and I just say, well, I'm not really going to cut it off. I'm not really going to, you know, guard my mind. Here's the problem. If you put garbage into your life consistently, eventually your life is going to stink. Isn't that true? You just keep putting it into your life. Eventually it's going to stink. Now, that is why the wisdom writer says this in Proverbs 15, 14. Here it is. Be sure you, you see this now. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. While the fools while fools will feed on trash. Now, there's something for the most part, and I know that this does not impact every segment of culture, but you know, just as so many maybe negative things are accessible to us like never before, there are a lot of positive things. We we know more today about what is healthy and non, uh, just through things that are visible and accessible to us. We know, we know if we eat this, this is what it's, it's going to do to us. Uh, most everything, you know, have you noticed that like everything is practically labeled in restaurants right now, what we're getting? So every morning, every, well, six mornings, when I step up to Chick-fil-A, and I order, I know exactly what I'm putting into my body. I know how many calories it's going to be. And, and so this is accessible information for us. But it's amazing how that we have become so, so conscious of what, and it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's negative. It's a good thing that we have as Americans become so incredibly conscious of what we're putting into our body, but we're not nearly as conscious as to what we're putting into our mind. All right. So, you know, I know and, and I'll just give you I, I want to say a testimony, but it's really a confession. All right. Most of you know, I try to eat clean all the time. Sunday night, no holds bar. I mean, Sunday night, Katie bar the door. I'm eating what I want. Sunday night, I'll eat what I want as much as I want. But the rest of the time, I, I try to just eat clean. Now, here's where I I Confession is going to be good for me because I had some deep conviction about that uh, several days ago. It had been a crazy, crazy day, busy, busy, busy. It was late, and I was very, very hungry. I was very hungry, and I knew it was late, and uh, we're doing a couple of things in the kitchen, and I knew that, you know, that was going to be difficult to make any, anything right there. So my options are to stay as hungry as I was until I go to sleep 
or to get me something uh, to eat. And, and there was a little voice that jumped up on my shoulder and said, look how close you are to that McDonald's. And I said, I really am, aren't I? I really am. And it's not Sunday night, is it? No. And, and I pulled into that drive-thru, and I'm like, what am I doing? What, why am I doing that? Why? I'm in this line. And then I felt better, you know, because I really wanted while I was about to order, and then I was trying to talk myself uh, out of it, and a car pulled in the drive-thru right behind me so I couldn't get out. So I'm like, now I don't have a choice. <laughs> I, I felt better. I feel better. Now I don't, uh, maybe this is God's will after all. No, I, I wasn't saying that. And, and I pulled up, and the nice voice on the little intercom said, may I help you? And I said, yes, you may. I'd love to have one of those McDoubles. And I'm not going to go crazy here, but while you're making one of those McDoubles, how about you throw in a small fry? And I couldn't believe I was doing that. I mean, you know, it was, uh, it was both exciting and convicting all at the same time. But then I thought, no. You're going to have to be good here. Are you saying, Pastor Jeff, you canceled your order? No. I did not. I was very hungry. I didn't want to go to bed hungry. I did not cancel my order, but I did order a Diet Coke. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, all right. You know, this is, this is going to offset it. Sort of like if you're going to eat pasta, you know, if you want to offset it, you eat anti-pasta before you eat the pasta, and it cancels the pasta out. I don't know if you knew that or, or not. It's just, it's, just the way, it's just the way that it works. But we become much more conscious about what we've put into our body. That's why I'm like, I can't believe I'm in this line. But we're not as nearly as conscious about what we're putting uh, up into our mind. In, in Psalm 103, 3, Psalm 101.3, it's not on the screen, but the writer says this, I will not put anything wicked in front of my eyes. Now, now let me share with you an oxymoron. Here's an oxymoron that somebody would choose to be. Somebody just says, and this could pertain to anybody, any of us here, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be really healthy in my body, but I'm just going to allow my mind to take in any kind of garbage that's out there. It would be like a person almost, and I'll just get more plain, it would be like a person says, I'm going to be a health nut, and I'm going to do this and this and this to keep my body healthy, but I'm going to allow myself to be addicted to pornography. And the writer is saying, you know what? I'm going to set nothing wicked in front of my eyes. Now, because protecting our mind is so difficult, and it's not easy, we need a plan. And, And let me just mention this real quickly before we move to the second thought. And the plan, I think, in this regard, protecting our mind, I'll give you two words, Reply and replace. Reply and replace. Let me just hit that for just a second. Reply is reply to God when God is trying to get our attention, and God will. You know, I'm having some fun with this uh, about pulling into this line one night this week, but I'm like, I can't, I, I can't believe I'm, 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 I'm going to order this, and I just, you know, and I'm not saying it was deep, you know, Holy Spirit conviction. I'm not trying to spiritualize that. But I, I'm saying, whereas I'm like, you know what, I, I, I should not be eating this, and if I want to eat it, I should wait till Sunday night. But do you know, as it relates to our mind and putting stuff into our mind, it's not going to be like our thoughts saying, hey, don't put that into your body. Do you know the Holy Spirit is going to be speaking to you and going to be speaking to me? And it's going to be saying, you know what, tell, why, why do you want to intake that into your life? Why, why do you want to watch that? Why do you want to li- listen to that? Why do you want to look at that? 
Don't, and, and, you, and you need to reply. You need to reply and, and talk back to God and say, God, thank you for convicting me. Thank you for speaking to my life. Thank you for getting my attention. God, I hear you, and thank you for speaking to me. And how many of you know that we can speak to God all day long? I mean, all day long. You, the only time that we speak to God does not have to be when we're on our knees or when our eyes are shut. You can be at work. You're saying, can I really be doing my job and talking to God? Sure you can. You can have conversations with God throughout the day, driving your car. Whatever you're doing, you can, you can talk, you can communicate consistently, honestly. Throughout. You don't have to say, all right, God, I, I, know, I, I know that I'm driving right now, but I need to pray. So I'm, I'm trusting you by faith. I'm going to shut my eyes and drive for the next. You know, the Bible says, watch and pray. Don't, cl- don't close your eyes and pray. But you can consistently, and we ought to, and forthrightly and honestly speak to God. So reply, thank you, God. Thank you. Like our mind you know, if we're trying to be healthy, we'll say, you know what, you probably shouldn't eat that. The Holy Spirit will say, you know what, you should, probably shouldn't look at that, watch that, hear that, and then replace. And when I say replace, here it is. Think about this for a moment. Replace trash with truth. The truth of God's Word. Look at what, I love these verses, three verses in Philippians 4. The guys are going to put them up here for you. Philippians 4 says, don't worry about anything. How many of you know that's easier said than done? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, look at this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. It's what what Paul says. One final thing. Replace. Fit your thoughts on what is true. Say, Lord, I'm not going to let this come into mind. My mind, here's what I'm going to think about. Things that are true, things that are honorable, honorable, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So how many of you would agree with me? And I don't have to put my hands up as much today, and that's very, very good. I can see you just as you are. But how many of you would say, you know what? I know that I need to do a better job protecting my mind. Would you just, just sort of wave at me? I know I need to do a better job. And so just think, reply, reply to God. I talk to God. God, thank you for speaking to me. And we're talking to God throughout the day. God, I, I know where I'm weak, but God, you promised in your word you're going to help me to be strong. And, and you just have those conversations and, and replace, replace uh, trash with truth. And here's another thing, the truth of God's word, but not just the truth of God's word, but God's truth about you. The devil's going to tell you you're a failure, and God's going to tell you you're his child. And if we're going to become what God wants us to be, we have to think thoughts of what that actually looks like. If we say, here's where I want to go spiritually, where does that start? It's going to start in our mind. If I'm going to reach this place spiritually, here's what I'm going to have to do to get there. You're not just going to say, I want to go right here spiritually. I'm not going to do anything about it, and you're just going to end up there spiritually. You got to think those thoughts. You got to plan. That's what we've been talking about in this series. You got to have a goal. You got to have a dream. You got to have a vision. Otherwise, without a vision, the people perish. It's like our life is out of control. All right? Let's move on to the next one. And here it is. Not only do we need to protect our mind, you and I need to grow our mind. We need to grow it, it needs to expand. Now, most of you are familiar with this term disciple, and you may even have said at times in your life, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. But do you know what a disciple means? What does that word disciple means? mean? This is what it means. It means a learner, a learner. A disciple is a learner, and to follow Jesus is to be a learner. 
it is so critical that you and I grow our mind. And how do we grow our mind? We need to be a, a, a learner. Let me just share with you a verse right here. It's not on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. Proverbs 18:15 says this, the mind of a person with understanding or wisdom gets knowledge. The wise person listens to learn more. Did you catch that last part? The wise person listens. Why? Because they want to become wiser. Why do smart people listen? Because they want to get smarter. And to grow our mind is a good thing. And this is what Solomon is actually saying here in Proverbs 18, uh, 15. He's saying wise people want to become smarter. If you're smart, you want to get wiser. If you're wiser, you want to get smarter. And if you don't, if you just say, hey, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to go through my life not gaining wisdom and expanding my mind, um, then here's something I think will be helpful. And I'll just toss this out real quick. If you want to learn and grow, it's better, and this is what Solomon is saying. Remember what he said the last portion. What he would tell us, it is better to listen more than talk more. Now listen, I, I want to I just, min- all right, I, I've, maybe nobody's really called your attention to this. So I'll, I'll do it today. God has given to each of us. One mouth and two ears. That's intentional. That's, that's, that's intentional. God wants us to listen more. And that's how we learn and grow. And, and if you and I are always the ones talking and not doing the listening, all right, get this. This is really important. It's really important. If you and I are always the ones doing the talking, we've got to talk, 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 and we're not listening, then guess what? We're not going to learn because we're already, we already know what we're saying. You're not going to say anything you don't already know, but if you listen to others, you and I may learn a lot more than what we know right now. Read this next verse with me. It's on the screen. This is Proverbs 10, 14. Everybody read it, all of us together. If you have good sense, you will learn all you can. It's important. This is what Solomon is saying. If you want to get wiser, here's how you do it. Now, I read some time ago, and I brought this along with me. People were asked to write down things that they had learned, things that they learned. And it's a broad spectrum of age ranges. And I'll just share a few, not all of them, of course, but let me just share with you a few. All right, here's a person, uh, age 39. This is what they said. I've learned, this is what I've learned, because they want to expand their mind, they want to grow. They said, this is what I've learned. I've learned that I must live so that if anybody gossips, uh, gossips about me, nobody's going to believe them. That's what I've learned. If somebody gossips, nobody's going to listen. Here's somebody age 46. I can resonate with this one. I've learned, this person says, that children and grandparents are natural allies. Any, any grandparent want to agree with that one? All right, here's one. Age 53. I've learned that regardless of your relationship with your parents, you miss them terribly after they die. Here's what somebody else said. This is what they learned. This youngest one of the group, age seven, this is what they said. I've learned that you can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. (laughs) Age 64. I've learned you shouldn't go through life with a catcher's mitt on both hands. You need to be able to throw something back. Age 29. I've learned, how how do you like this one? I've learned that wherever I go, the world's worst drivers have followed me there. (laughs) 
age 13. I've learned that if I want to cheer myself up, I should try cheering somebody else up. That's good, isn't it? Age 15. I've learned that although it's hard to admit it, I'm secretly glad that my parents are strict with me. Age 52, I've learned you can tell a lot about a man by the way he handles these three things, a rainy day, lost luggage, and tangled Christmas tree lights. And then 92, the oldest of the group, 92 years old, uh, uh, this guy said, I've learned that I still have a lot to learn. I hear people say all the time, I want to be a leader, and there's a way to become a leader. If you're going to be a leader, you've got to learn more. If you're going to lead at a higher level than what you're leading right now, you've got to learn more than what you already know. See, our, often our biggest obstacle to becoming the leader that we want to be is that we, we want the leadership responsibility and position. We just don't want to take the time or the effort to be a learner. Proverbs 19.8 9, uh, says this. You'll see it on the screen. Those who get wisdom do themselves a favor and those who love learning will succeed. And you don't have to raise your hand and nod at anything because I think I already know the answer. Do you want to succeed in life? And you'd say, absolutely. And whatever God has asked me to do, I want to be successful in doing it. And to be successful is definitely beating the alternative. Well, then how do you succeed at what God wants you to do with your life? You and I have to love learning. Remember what I said a moment? We've got to talk a lot less, and we've got to learn a lot more because we only, you know, if we're doing all the talking, we, only, we already know that. And, and we've got to ask questions, and, and we've got to read books. And I know I, know I say that. Some of you are saying, well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor Jeff, because you like to read books, and I do like to read books, and you may not like to read books, all right? And that's all right. Then listen to books. How many of you know there's a lot of great books that you can, you don't have to sit down. You can listen to while you're driving or doing something around the house or, or work. And so that's, that's something that we can do. Observe others. Always remember, when you stop learning, you stop leading. And all of us can learn from the successes and failures of other people. Listen, you don't have to make all the mistakes by yourself. You can let other people make them and learn from them. Learn from successes and failures. So you and I need to protect our mind, and that's important going forward with our future. We need to grow our mind. And then lastly, we need to, and the Bible talks a lot about this, we need to renew our mind. There's something really special about newness, isn't it? I, uh, I mean, when you sit inside, how many of you know uh, when you sit in the side of a new car, even if you've got a blindfold on, you know you're, you just sat in, in a new car? Because it smells like a new car. And we like new things. New house, new baby, especially new grandkids, maybe a new pet, new shoes, a new golf club. But what you and I need most, hear me now, is a new mind. A new mind. I said this a moment ago. If your life or my life is not moving in the right direction, then you know what we need to do? We need to change the way we're thinking. And maybe, maybe where you're at today, maybe you'd say, I know what my mind, and the Bible talks about this, talks about our mind being washed because our mind has become cluttered with, with debris and with garbage. And, and maybe one of the best things that you could do as in just a moment we end this service and we pray is to say, God, I need you to wash my mind. I've had an intake 
I've absorbed garbage, things I've looked at, things I've listened to, things that I've watched, and I, I know that I, I, need to, I need to have my mind washed. Some of you would say, I need way more than my mind washed. I need to part with an old way of thinking and ask God to give me a brand new mind, a renewed mind. Like, you know, not just wash the one I've got, but, but replace the one that I have. You know, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be nice? I've got a dear friend. I've played many many rounds of golf with this guy. His name's Gary. He's moved back to Ohio now. From that's where he's born and raised. And he just recently went through because of no abuse of his own, but he had to have a liver transplant. And he's going to be in big trouble had he not received a liver transplant, had to go on the waiting list. And they called him, said, "Well, you need to go to the hot. We've got the liver, and so we're going to take out." Uh, the liver that needs to be exchanged, and we're going to put in a good liver. How many of you know? How many of you know that can actually happen to our mind, and we never even have to go to surgery or pre-op? But God's going to have to renew it. Look at Romans twelve two. Look at what it says right here. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How does our life get transformed this way? By the renewing of our mind. And then Paul says, then you will be able, you, you get your mind renewed, here's what happened. Then you're going to be able to test and prove what God's will is. You're going to be able to discern and know God's will better. Why? Because you have a new mind. God uh, will do that, a good, pleasing. You're going to know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, can I just plainly tell you this before we're done? If you need to change the way you're living, and some of you look at your life, and you're, I'm not going to ask you to come up here and tell us how many of you are glad of that. I'm not going to hand you a mic and say, tell us all the areas of your life you need to change. And we'll put them on the screen, and we'll show them next. We're not going to. But if you say, you know what, I know that there's some things, and all of us, this pertains to all of us, pertains to you, pertains to me. I know that there's some, I, I need, there's some area of my life where I need to live differently. Then you know what you first need to do? Change the, change the way you think about it. By the way, I'll just mention this while we're talking about it. It is totally irrational to keep living the way that we live and expect different results. So if you want a better life, and you do, and you want a renewed mind, most all of us do, then let me mention these two quick things. It'll just take me a minute and we're done. Here's two quick things. Take the garbage out. Tell myself every Wednesday night when I get in from church that Thursday is, is trash day. Take the garbage out to the road. Take it. And, and maybe, maybe you just look and you just say, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's what I need to visualize. Because, you know, you live in an apartment complex or condominium. You know, you may not have a pickup day per se, but you just know, all right, I need, I need to take the garbage out. Or I need to take it down to the road. I need to get this out of my, take the garbage out, but here's what you also need to do. You need to put the good stuff in. Replace it. Replace it. See, sometimes it's like when you say, have you ever done this? And I'm, I'm about done here. Have you ever done this? I don't need to think about that. And the more, have you found this to be true? The more you tell yourself, don't think about that, the more you think about that, and so that's not necessarily going to be the most, you know, uh, productive thing that we could do. Sometimes it's just like we saw in Philippians where we say, you know what? 
rather than tell myself, don't think that way, think that way, think that way, think that way. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to replace it with something good. And I'm going to put God's word into my life. I hope you're doing that. I hope you're doing that every single day. I hope you're saying, well, I'm, I'm going to take some books, some good Christian writers. And if you're not a reader, as I mentioned a few moments ago, and you say, but I, I, I want to put some good stuff into my life, then you're going to listen to some books. Or are you going to be sure you're, you're faithful here because, you know, you're going to have, you're going to know, you're going to have the opportunity to hear a teaching from the Bible every Sunday. And it may be, it may be that as I'm sharing a talk, not because I'm special, because I know that I'm not, but because I'm available, God speaks something through me on a given Sunday that is exactly what was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit for you to hear. How many of you know God works that way? And so we need, we need, to, we need to take garbage out, but we need to put the good stuff in. So would you stand with me as we close this service and close this series? I hope you're going to be here next week. It's going to be an incredible day. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for all of us that God would help us with our mind. Because how we think, how we think. Honestly, this one area, I could have done a whole series about it. And we've just did one talk. But how we think will determine our future. If you're thinking a particular way, that's where you're headed. If you're thinking and you say, well, I don't want to go that way. I want to go this way. Then you and I have got to change the way we think. So let me pray for you and we're done. So God, all of us here, we want to do that. We want to protect our mind. We have such unbelievable accessibility to things that we do not need to uh, allow to penetrate our mind. So help us, God, to listen to your voice when you speak to us and say, you don't need to watch that. You don't need to look at that. You don't need to listen to that that we would hear you and that we would protect our mind. We'd be very careful about what we put, not just into our body, but into our mind. Help us to grow our mind, God. We don't want to just stay where we are. We want to grow. We want to learn. We want to listen more and talk less. We want to observe others. We want to read. We want to study. We want to listen. We want to learn. We want to become, God, the person, the leader that you want us to be. And help us to renew our mind. Maybe there are those standing right here that just like my friend Gary who had a liver transplant. They need a mind transplant. Not just to be washed, but a total recall and replacement. And I just thank you that you will help us because you care about us. And you have given us a future and a hope because you've got a good plan for us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, can we give Jesus a hand clap before we're done? I love you, everybody. Have an awesome week. See you right back here for Father's Day.